0: Hey, this is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you are listening to the EA Podcast with Eric Allen. Take it away, EA.
1: All right, thanks, Fitz. Well, for the first time in 2016, our quarterback returns here to the Jets Podcast Network, and that, of course, is Chad Pennington. Chad, so excited to have you back for another year. Listen, unfortunately, we're going to have to start on a little bit of a sour note. There is no joy in Jetsville right now is the Green and White fall to tw- fall uh, in their season opener, 23-22, to 22, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Chad, what were your takeaways of that ball game as you process the film?
0: Well, Eric, first of all, it's great to be back for another uh, season of Jet football. And, uh, you know, watching the game, uh, you feel good about some things and then you don't feel good about some things. And that's kind of how the game went, and that's why it was 23-22 to 22 at the end and not in the Jets' favor. So uh, when you look at the film, I think you say, wow, there's, there's some really good things on film that the Jets can build upon. There's, there's uh, some great things that happened with the defensive line, the pressure on the quarterback, uh, great things in the running game. A few pass plays were made. Uh, Anunua being able to be incorporated into the passing game was huge for the Jets. So you see some sparks, you see some potential there, but then you also see where a team um, allowed the opponent uh, to beat them, and not based upon what the opponent did, but more based upon what you didn't do uh, as far as your team. So that, that's disappointing. I'm sure the coaches and the players are all disappointed in that because this is certainly a game that, you, that the Jets needed to win. They should have won, and they didn't.
1: You mentioned the defensive line. Let's start on that side of the ball. Seven sacks in all for the Jets that ties their most ever in a season opener. They had 19 in 1966, they had seven sacks as well. So we're gonna have to go back a few decades to reach that total. But six of those sacks came from the defensive line. Steve McClendon in his first appearance with the Jets, he had two sacks. Leonard Williams, Chad, who I thought had up. A- Fabulous summer, two and a half sacks, and he had five quarterback hits. Mo Wilkerson, he's fully back from the broken leg. He had a sack and a half. And, oh, yeah, the Jets are now getting Sheldon Richardson back this week off of his one-game suspension. How good can this defensive line be?
0: Well, this defensive line can be the best in football. Uh, There's no doubt about that. They have the potential. um, They have the athleticism. They have the versatility. And I think what's really interesting and what should be exciting for Jet fans um, as their secondary is coming along, I think that defensively, from a coordinator spot and just from a play calling spot, you can really rely upon your defensive line to create the quarterback pressure and not necessarily have to rely upon your blitz package to do that, which then frees up another defender to help in the secondary uh, with double team coverages, more two safety looks and things like that. So. With the play of the defensive line, which was extremely positive on Sunday, I think it gives the uh, the Jets' defense more options and more versatility to see what they want to do from a coverage
1: standpoint. Obviously, Chad, the defensive backs weren't happy in the locker room after that game. Everybody on that team wanted to get the victory so bad. But that was a secondary uh, who's played together before, and Todd Bowles, spoke about in his post-game news conference, saying there were too many busts in the defensive backfield. What was your reaction watching some of those big plays that Cincinnati was able to get? We know the pressure was there throughout the game, but the Bengals still were able to hit on a few big plays. And that ultimately was the difference in this ball game.
0: Well, anytime um, as a defense, you go into your game plan and you say, who is their best player? And whoever you determine their best player is, you build it the game plan to say, He cannot beat us and that's how you build the game plan. And when you look at the stat sheet and you watch the game, unfortunately for the Jets they're best- they're playing extremely well. And uh, when they get the secondary part of a fix, they're going to be very hard to try to execute against.
1: Chad, you just mentioned Rivas, and uh, Hugo wrote in to me on Twitter, and he said, what is Puddington's take on where Rivas is at at this point in his career?
0: Well, I think we've been spoiled. Um, as Jet fans and, and fans of Darrell Rivas are watching him, as a younger player, seeing how dominant he was. And he was so dominant as a younger player, We, when we see just a little bit of um, lack in production or we see even a pass being caught on Darrell Revis, we have a shock factor from a, from a fan perspective. And so I still think Revis is one of the top corners in the league. Uh, does he do some of the same things or have some of the same capabilities that he had uh, four or five years ago? Probably not. But he's still effective. He's still very good. He still allows the Jets defense to be more versatile because of his coverage skills. He just has to adapt in in how he plays. And so so does the Jets defense uh, as the player gets older.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, now let's go to the other side of the ball. So, I really liked what I saw out of Matt Forte. We didn't see him too much in the preseason, saw him get his feet wet against the New York Giants. He was bothered by a nagging hamstring na- hamstring injury at the beginning of the summer. But, wow, Chad, he really impressed me as a person who's been uh, covering the Jets for the past 16 seasons. I haven't had the opportunity to watch too much of Forte other than on highlights, but his receiving ability as advertised, he's very smooth, what vision he has, and also I love his little cutbacks. What did you think about him in his first performance for the Jets, and how can he help this team moving forward now?
0: I was excited to see his performance. I was excited to see the performance of the run game in general. Uh, The run game provides such a huge spark, and and when the Jets did a spark, after the defense gave up a big play or a touchdown, the run game provided that, and that's really nice to see. Uh, for Forte, you can see that he does a great job of not dancing in the hole, staying in the hole. He finds that one cut and he goes. He does have vision. He does provide versatility out of the backfield. So you know that he's just not a first or second comeback. He's a, he's a all down by three downs. And then when you add him below Pile as well, You have a nice one-two punch there, maybe not as physical as they were last year with Chris Ivory, but at the same time still very effective. And the reason they can be effective is because of Shane Gailey's use of formations and spread formations and personnel of four and wide receivers, three wide receivers, and a tight end that allows uh, those two running backs to operate in space to be successful.
1: You mentioned the offensive line, and I know a lot of Jets fans uh, aren't focused on that right now. But what I'm excited about with this team is the play in the trenches. You mentioned the defensive line and you said, hey, I think this could be the top defensive line in the entire National Football League. Now you go to the other side of the ball and rightfully so. A couple question marks there as we enter the season because we just didn't know because we hadn't seen this unit together. Ryan Clady replaces DeBricashaw-Ferguson, your old left tackle buddy. And then, obviously, Brian Winters got some starting experience last year, but it was Willie Colon who started at right guard 2015 opening day. And then at right tackle with Breno Giacomini on the pup list, the Jets alternated uh, right tackles in the season opener. Benai Jelana started, but Brent Qualley got in there as well. Protection was good against a solid front that includes Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, and you mentioned it. They moved the ball on the ground, and I don't think a lot of people took as much note of that, Chad, as maybe they should have.
0: Well, and and the good thing uh, about the Jets' offensive line is that no one's talking about them, which means their performance was solid. Because normally when... When people talk about an offensive line, it's because their performance was not solid and they'd given up sacks or they didn't produce in the run game. And so no one has said anything because there's nothing really to say uh, from a mistake standpoint. I'm sure there's technical things they need to clean up, a few uh, uh, MEs, mental errors, every once in a while, but for the most part, they were solid. And it was very impressive, uh, like you said, to have two right tackles, on the, in the opener, and to have such a solid performance, that is extremely – that's unheard of. You don't you don't uh, hear that, nor do you see that. And for the Jets to be able to basically play six linemen uh, in a season opener and have the production that they had is impressive. And it's a tribute to the offensive line coach and the offense and chain Gailey and those guys uh, because they did have a solid – they had a solid winning performance. Was it their best performance? No, but they had a winning performance.
1: All right, we're going to keep it real here on the EA Podcast, bottom line, because we've talked about a number of positives, but we also talked about a couple of the miscues the Jets had in the season opener. And I'm going to take a fan question off of Twitter right now, Chad. JetLife516 asks, what are the Jets going to do to improve their red zone plays and then he asked specifically, why, why wasn't there a quarterback sneak on the one-inch line? Here's my thing, and I'm going to let you get to that red zone here, Chad. My take on the Monday morning quarterbacking, throughout the years, I've never heard people talk about what did the defensive coordinator call in that situation. But when things go wrong on offense, it's always the play calling.
0: Well, uh, yes, and that's because most people, when they watch the game, they only watch the ball. They don't watch anything around the ball, so that it's never about the defensive play calling. But uh, there's no question from from the Jets' offensive side, it was about the red zone. And I always, I'd not only say it was the red zone, it was the deep red zone. Uh, it's one thing to get inside the 20, and then you kick a field goal from the 18. But when you get inside the 12 three, three times and you don't come away with three of those touchdowns, that's huge. There's the game offensively. And so whether it's running or passing, the execution was just not there. Sometimes the ball was forced into places it probably shouldn't be forced, and so the execution just wasn't enough. Uh, even in the last, uh, the last chance that they had in the red zone, uh receiver gets knocked off the coverage, the ball is already thrown. The red zone is a difficult place to execute because the space is really tight. Uh, you have to anticipate holes in places. And sometimes you don't uh, take into account whether an extra defender's in that area or if a receiver gets knocked off, it messes up the whole timing. And so it's, it's, it's very – there's a lot of intricacies within the red zone. But certainly the offense, the Jets offense knows that uh, you, you can't come away with that type of performance in the red zone and expect to win.
1: What was your take on the trifecta of Fitzpatrick, Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall? Because I think sometimes we're spoiled – so much that we think that every game these guys are going to combine for 12 catches and 185 yards and three touchdowns against cincinnati they combined for five catches and a touchdown decker got in beautiful back uh, shoulder strike from fitzpatrick but was that more so cincinnati doing a good job on their end focusing on your top targets, or was it more of a case of the Jets having some options emerging? We've talked about Forte, and I know you really liked what you saw out of Quincy and Umrah.
0: Well, there's two reasons. Uh, Number one, the only way that you get more opportunities and the only way that receivers can have more opportunities is to convert on third down. So when you're 4 of 12 on third down, you don't have those opportunities. You're, You're limiting your opportunities and so that's why the production of Decker and Brandon Marshall that's one of the reasons why it wasn't there or at least it wasn't what we normally expect secondly um, the production was a little bit down because of the play of Quincy Inouye which is really a positive uh, the, the way that Chen Gailey and the Jets offense got him involved the plays that he made it is awesome to see because they need that they need that for future games later in the season and it also opens up areas for Brandon Marshall and, and Eric Decker to work as well. So those are the two reasons. But if you really want to get these guys involved, you have to be better on third down so that now you create another set of downs. Even if you, only, even if you get from 4 to 12 to 6 to 12, which is 50%, and that's uh, fantastic, that's six extra opportunities those guys have to make plays at the minimum. Plus, if you convert some of those opportunities, not even on third down, but first and second down with those six extra plays that you have, now you have even more opportunities. So third down, to me, is, is where it's at when you're trying to make sure that Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker get the production that you need them to get.
1: Let's get the quarterback's take on Ryan Fitzpatrick. 19 of 35 for 189, sacked just the one time, Fitz uh, in uh, a good rhythm with his offensive line, as we talked about. Two touchdowns, the first one, beautiful drive. I mean, tremendous drive, that opening drive. I really like the way Chan uh, Gailey uh, called that one, and the Jets executed out of the gate to take the 7 nothing lead, and then the back shoulder pass to Decker for a second touchdown. And then he had the interception late as the Jets were trying to get that game-winning drive, set up an attempt for a Nick Folk field goal. What do you think of Fitz overall?
0: Well, I thought that it was uh, for him and what he's capable of, it was average. It certainly wasn't a losing performance, but it wasn't a game-winning performance either. Um, Even if the Jets win the game, I think he would tell you, I can play much better um, and and be more effective. Uh, From a completion percentage standpoint, Civ 19 of 35, you like to see that around 22 of 35. Uh, You need to see three or four more completions to sustain drives, to have a chance for bigger plays, just to create some more uh, production in the passing game. Um, on a positive note, uh, he did a great job of getting rid of the ball quickly, uh, not taking the sacks, not uh, leaving the Jets in long-yarded situations, so he managed the game well. And then the last thing I would say is in the red zone, um, all he needs to do is just be careful of being so honed in on trying to get Brandon Marshall the ball. Sometimes they're going to take that option away, and there are going to be other receivers that need to step up and and make plays, whether it be Decker or or Nunwa, or now you have two great uh, running backs out of the backfield that can really do some good things. So I'm sure they'll talk about that, but that's something that I see uh, moving forward.
1: All right, we're going to move forward. Uh, What's your take on Todd Bowles coming out early on Monday saying to the media? I am not going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. And he was asked a number of times about week one. He said, we have moved on to Buffalo. What do you think about that philosophy as the Jets only have basically two days to prepare before they head out to Buffalo?
0: Yeah, he has no choice. I don't think Coach Bowles is trying to be mean or trying to be uh, an adversary to the media when it comes to talking about the Bengals, but he has no choice, literally. The Jets have no choice. They had to flush this game and get right on to Buffalo because within a matter of days, they can really get this bad taste out of their mouth, and within 10 days, they play two games, and they could be sitting there at one and one uh, So this is huge. Um, you know, I thought the opener was really, really big. Uh, now with the loss, this second game, I mean, this is it where it's at especially for earlier early part of the season they have to be able to come out and grab this win and and they're going to be very capable of doing this uh playing in buffalo early uh, is a good thing and they certainly have the recipe as well as the players and the team to to get to one and one and and beat what's going to be an emotional time for the buffalo bills uh their home opener uh, on thursday night it's going to be a, a big time challenge but the one that it's one that the jets can take on
1: well what is the winning recipe this week the Jets uh, the bills were a thorn in the jets side last year won a pair of decisions 22 17 identical scores the uh, Jets finished 10 and six overall last year just three and three inside the division and like I mentioned uh, Buffalo got them a couple times last year
0: uh, to me there's two keys in this game turnovers and red zone. Um Against Rex Ryan, typically it's going to be all about turnovers and what his defense can try to force. Um, and if you look at the last uh, two games last year, that's what it was about. It was either about a turnover here and there. And sometimes, if you look at the last game, it was a turnover in the red zone, which is a double whammy. So uh, that's what it's going to be about. Um, Jets not having turnovers. And when they get in the red zone, yes, they need points, but they need more touchdowns and field goals. Um, this is also a game that you realize that it, it's not going to be a game where the Buffalo Bills are going to score 30 points. And so that really plays into your decision-making as a quarterback. Um, that really um, uh, magnifies turnovers. It really magnifies getting points in the red zone. Can't have blocked field goals, can't have missed extra points. You just can't do that. And so this is a game that you expect that's going to come down to trying to win 20-17 uh, to 17. 23 to 20, maybe even a 17 to 14 game. But I think the Jets are talented enough to put up 24 to 28 points.
1: So, do you think you just mentioned it? That was very interesting, and I love getting your thought process here because you were out there in the field. When you look across the way and you're Ryan Fitzpatrick and you're in the film room this week, and you look at a Bills defense and say, okay. They were solid against me last year. They played very well in the season opener against Baltimore. They lost to the Ravens, but they had four sacks. and only gave out 13 points. They gave their team an opportunity to win. And we know Rex Ryan is a tremendous defensive play caller. When you're saying that the Bills are probably not a team who is going to be able to score 30 points on most occasions, especially against your defense, uh, so does Fitz have to have a different approach when he plays the Bills?
0: There's uh, this game is going to be about situational awareness uh, as a quarterback and realizing that um, you you must force the Bills' offense to beat you. So as an offense yourself, um, there may be a time where it's it's second and ten, and you really like this throw on the in route. Because the window is a little bit too close the risk is much greater than the reward and so you don't take that opportunity because you know that the bills can't score as much as they would like uh, unless they have big play capability and with the you know unavailability or availability or depending on what happens with Sammy Watkins that really affects things and so um, you've got to go in with that mentality a hey, keep playing close to the best. Keep do not give the, the bills a chance to, Capitalize on our mistakes or our turnovers where we give them short field, field position is going to be huge. Uh, Rex Ryan loves to play the field position game and let his d- defense dictate that. And so you have to understand what type of game it's going to be. It's very similar to when I was with the Jets when we played the Miami Dolphins. We knew that that was a really good defense. Their defense ran the team. As long as we hung in there for four quarters, we would find a way to punch it out in the end. And we did seven out of
1: eight times. What do you expect on the other side of the ball? Totally different offense like you mentioned. Uh, Cincinnati, we know what they can do. Uh, Big play offense. The Bills, I wouldn't consider a big play offense, but they can get you if Tyrod gets out of the pocket because he loves the long ball. The Ravens made him sit in the pocket last week. You mentioned Sammy Watkins. We don't know. Where he is percentage-wise, he plans on playing this week. Obviously, surgically, surgically repaired foot in the off-season. They do have some players. Tight on Charles Clay is one of the better receiving options at the position of football, in my mind. And Shady McCoy is a tremendous back who can make something out of nothing. They are banged up up front, though. Defensively, what's the game plan against this team?
0: Defensively, it's going to be, uh, like you said, Keep Tyrod Taylor in the pocket make him a pocket passer. He doesn't have the height. Uh, He's not known as a pocket passer. He was 15 and 22 for like 111 yards against the Ravens. So even though he had a high completion percentage, the ball wasn't being moved down the field, and he he wasn't able to extend plays, which that's normally where he finds uh, his opportunities to create big plays when he extends plays to be able to get outside the pocket. So keep him in the pocket. Make him a pocket passer, and then the Jets must eliminate the big play they do those two things, this, to me, is a 24-13 to jet win.
1: Uh, I like that. I like the sound of that. How are the Bills going to counter? What do you think's go- uh, going through Greg Roman's mind as he prepares to face Todd Bowles and Casey Rogers and that defensive line, the way they got after Andy Dalton, uh, a solid linebacker group, and a secondary who is going to be hell-bent on coming back and playing a lot better than they did on Week One, how how do you think the Bills are going to attempt to attack this team?
0: Well, they're going to make sure that they're going to eliminate negative plays on first and second down. Uh, they can't allow the Jets' defense to establish the, the tempo uh, on first and second down and, and impose their will upon them. To wear on third down they're sitting there, third and eight, third and ten, third and twelve, that doesn't that's not going to be good for the Bills. So they're going to try to be creative on first and second down with not your normal run packages, but using, I think they're going to try to use wide receiver screens, running back screens, really get creative on the perimeter to create first and second down yards. Uh, Use Shady McCoy, use some of their weapons uh, out on the perimeter that's necessarily not conventional, but for them it will have to be conventional against the Jets defense. It's something they'll have to really uh, focus in on. So I think they'll have a huge package when it comes to screens and short throws empty packets, different things like that, and not just lining up and thinking that we can move the ball in
1: conventional sets. Chad, you played a number of times. It used to be called Ralph Wilson Stadium. Now I think they're calling it New Era Field in western New York. You you know the fans are going to be crazy. They're right on top of you as far as the stadium is concerned on that sideline. Do you believe in the philosophy as a guy who was out there playing, that you have to survive an initial surge from the other team based on the emotion of just playing at home.
0: Well, part of the survival, though, is is to be you know extremely focused and prepared. And when you have an opportunity to make a play and a big play at that, you've got to make it. Can't be drops, whether it be interceptions or uh, receptions on the offensive side. Can't be anything like that. And so that's how you not only weather that storm of emotion, but you also just flat take it away uh, to be very solid in what you're doing. Now, at the same time, a part of weathering that storm is not looking to try to make a play, not pressing too hard to try to make a play, allowing the game to come to you, do what you're supposed to do with the assignment and the alignment that you have within the system, and then once that big play opportunity is there to be had, you have to capitalize.
1: Uh, now i'm going to ask you to put your analyst hat back on you consider this a key early game don't you because you not being in the locker room anymore know the schedule ahead and and it is tough on paper when you look at it at kansas city seattle at home pittsburgh and then road trips to pittsburgh and arizona uh... and this is a divisional game and you would have a lot different feel inside the building and outside as a fan base, right, if you get this one and you're one-on-one one after two and everything's fine?
0: No question, uh, because uh, if you look at the before the games are being played, you say, okay, you know, one and one after the first two games uh, with the playoff team and the opener, and, and then you, you have the Buffalo Bills who play extremely well at home and are improved. One-on-one uh, one is not great, but it's not terrible. Um, so now in the position that they're in by losing the opener, although there's some great things ahead and, and great things that have happened in the opener, you say this to me, they, they, they've they got to win this game uh, to really feel good about their progress as a team and to build some momentum moving into this next four-game stretch. This is one that they definitely need to have. And, and, then, and mind you that it's also a division game so winning those division games uh, are extremely important.
1: No doubt about that. Well, I enjoyed it. Our season has kicked off. Chad Pennington back in the analyst chair. And uh, we're going to be talking to you after that Bills game. Chad, enjoy the rest of the week.
0: Okay, Eric. Thank you.